Welcome to the podcast of New Covenant Church in Albuquerque, where we focus on the Bible, faith, and life issues. We hope this podcast will be helpful to you on your faith journey. Now, here's our message. God speak, learning God's language. That's what we're going to be talking about in the coming weeks. But before we do, I want to let you know that um, we're going to one service beginning the 27th, I believe. Um, and we're doing so, what? Okay, a seven and a one look a lot alike. Would you relax? Do I look like the announcement guy? Am I known for accuracy? No. Okay. So, anyway, and we're doing that primarily because we want to be together again. And we may not be able to do it for long. We may be pushed to two services again. But this whole ordeal has separated us in a weird psychological way. And so we want to meet together as a whole group and enjoy each other. We're going to start it earlier in the morning where you can come and hang out in the cafe and and be with people. Because it's important. If I have to point that out, it's important. Um, Anyway, so to our message. God Speak is about prayer, and we're going to talk about prayer, but it's going to be different than maybe what you're used to. You know, many today are searching for meaning, right? Meaning in social causes. This is what I believe in. This is what I'm fighting for. Some are really into justice. Uh, Others are really into human rights. Um, Even gender identity has become a place of meaning and cause for people. Even technology, technology, if you do some of the reading, I mean, where they hope to take this and where it's going, where it is now, can take on a godlike identity. But there, there's great, great concerns about our planet and what that's going to look like in the future. We all know that it's politically heated. People wondering, you know, how are we going to take care of the planet? Will it last? Will it be inhabitable? All of these things are pressing issues on people's minds. But one of the things that I've noticed is that it seems that within popular culture, God is continually being pushed out. It seems like there's no more room for God. I get this sense of, hey, we're doing things our way. That's the way you guys used to do it with some kind of idea about God, but now we're moving on. And he's not even considered in the equation of life. And so there is no meaning derived from him except for some type of sentimental Christianity that, you know, that you may cling on to because you're a religious person. Problem is, everybody's religious. Now, is this a good path for humanity moving forward? That's the big question. And will we ever really find meaning apart from God? Is this good for human flourishing to put aside God and to look in other directions, look at other human beings to find meaning? And is that, in terms that's used quite often today, sustainable and does it actually work? All right. Think of the complexity of the created world, okay, the natural world. 
Think of how, you know, when you, when you really consider nature and you consider how human beings uh, interact with one another, you understand it's a very complex environment, especially the more we know in science, we know <laughs> the complexion is just astonishing. From the stars and the galaxies, okay, and to the earth itself and its place within the solar system, there are, are these relationships and there's so much rugged beauty on the planet. We, we've learned that from billionaires who just recently went to space for 11 minutes. Um, <laughs> sorry. I guess you could do that. I don't know. But it seemed to freak Captain Kirk out pretty bad. But they all had this sense of... Did you, did you guys see that? Anyway, so <laughs> you, when people get up and see the earth itself in its totality, they're amazed. It's, it's, a, it's a thing of beauty, okay? It's complex right down to the tiniest microorganism. Even viruses are fascinating if you find out how they move and what they do. But early on in our, in our human experience, okay, there was a recognition that there was a God who created all of this. There was this, I don't know if it, if it came from the collective past, the stories of Adam and Eve or early creation stories, we don't know where it came from, but just it seems that the human being themselves was able to apprehend that this place that we've been put into was something amazing and glorious and overwhelming. And it must be, the logical conclusion is that it was made by a deity, by a mind, by something, someone that was creative. Look, that has been relegated, that kind of thinking, toward early human development. Because people were superstitious and they didn't understand science, they were less human than we are today in the sense that they didn't have the intellectual capacity to explain the world, so therefore the only way they could do that was come up with God. It's interesting how that is, is played out in the world today, that somehow that's the way humans are. We're just very religious, very superstitious. And it's just for those who are uneducated and don't understand. But the human being is made to have meaning. And nothing, I will, I will put this out to you, even in a fallen world, there's a profound sense and awe of creation, an obvious conclusion that this was all a result of a powerful, creative mind. Here's the key. God's language is different than our own. God's language is different than our own language. He, he's more subtle and mysterious. He gives us clues. He gives us signals in his creation that draw us to him if we're looking. If we're looking. You don't have to have sub-intelligence to believe in God. You can be quite brilliant. That's the great thing about God. He seems to take all who believe and trust in him. 
no matter what their intelligence, their pedigree, or whatever. Because within his story, in the fabric of his language, we find that we are meant, and we are meant to know him, and to enjoy him, and to have a relationship with him, and to to enter into his creation as a part of his mind and his own creativity. Matthew chapter 7, verse 7 says, Ask, this is Jesus, ask and it will be given to you, and you'll find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and everyone who seeks finds. And the one who knocks, the door will be opened. As I said, this series is about prayer. It's different. It, it's, it's what it means to interact with God and to live in his world, to find meaning in this life. And we need to be drawn into a bigger narrative of God's plan. Prayer can easily become weak and ineffective if it's confined to speaking to God. You know, it's been, I've said it before. Prayer is nothing more than speaking to God. And we, we be, if you've grown up in church, you understand that there are prayers that we pray as a group of people that are prayers that come to us through our heritage, through the history of the church. But all of that to say this, is that that can become somewhat ineffective and feel weak, right? Because if it's just you and I speaking to God, we bring our cares to God, we talk to God, but then he doesn't talk back to us in English, and we feel discouraged, frustrated, we may avoid prayer, or just kind of let it go to the side. Can anybody, has anybody felt that way before? I'm sure you have. Many of you have. But you know in your heart that something is missing. And I believe that what is missing is the understanding of God's language. Therefore, God speak. God speak. He's because it can, we want to avoid the sense that we're speaking into the air. Hopefully that God is up there somewhere, but he doesn't seem to answer my prayers. He, he may answer them, but it's, it's hard to know exactly how that works out. And here's the thing though. If you're only thinking of God in terms of language, you will miss the point of your existence. If you're only thinking of God in terms of language and speaking, you will miss the whole point and meaning of your existence. You will miss the meaning of living in this world. As the old Westminster Catechism said, the chief end of life is to know God and to enjoy him forever. God gets mixed up in a lot of human ideas about him. God, save me. God, help me. God, I need you. God, work on this situation. Lord, make sure my boss stumps his toe this morning or hits his head on the refrigerator in the break room, whatever it may be. But we forget the real reason that we pray is that he has invited us into a conversation, into this life, and into his world. Now, 
Since the fall, I'm locked, I'm landlocked right here. Can't move. I'll go over here. Since the fall, we know that God left the garden. He had been there as his temple, his place with the humans. And they were kicked out of the garden. And what came after that is that there was a rebellion against God. There were supernatural um, evil influences that compounded that. But pretty soon, humanity was on its way of walking away and forgetting God. Enter in Genesis chapter 11, the Tower of Babel, okay? Here's a, a story we'll read just a little. At one time, the whole earth spoke the same language. This was after the, the flood, post-Diluvian group of people. And it so happened that they moved out of the east, and they came to the plain in the land of Shinar and settled down. Shinar is the plain in which you find the traditional site of Babylon. And they came and said to one another, Come, let us make bricks and fire them. Well, they will use bricks for stone and tar for mortar. And they said, Come, let us build ourselves a city, a tower that reaches to heaven. Let us make ourselves famous so we won't be scattered here and there across the earth. And God had, since the flood had cleansed the earth, he said, Look, I want you guys to go out and to multiply in the earth. It was a direct assault against his plan. So, God came down to look over the city and the tower, those people that had built it. What's going on with these people down here? We're going to make ourselves famous. They had forgotten God. There was no recognition of him. And so, what are we going to do? We're going to make ourselves great. It seems to be the story continuously of humanity. Get rid of God. We don't have to think about him. He's not around here anymore. If he ever existed, maybe he was just uh, a thought in our mind. Somehow we created God. But let's do something great for humanity. Now you say, surely God would want the human beings to flourish. Yes, he does. But to flourish apart from him, to flourish, okay, in their own devices, in defiance of him or in forgetting him, the human beings would be doomed to never find meaning, never find the true nature of why they're here. Okay, verse 6. God took one look and said, one people, one language. Why? This is only a first step. No telling what they'll come up with next. They'll stop at nothing. Come, let us go down and garble their speech so they won't understand each other. Then God scattered them all over the world and they had to quit building the city. It's a, it's, I love these kind of stories because it's a reminder that as cool as humans think we are and as much as we believe we have figured it out, God can show up one day and go, "Mm, no, I don't think so. You're not that cool. You're not that strong. Have you heard of the flood? Did you know what happened back then? Okay, we're going to have one language. No, you're not. I don't want you to do that. I want you to scatter and go throughout the earth. So how are you going to do that? You can't make us do anything. Okay, none of you people can talk to each other. Go find the people you can talk to and get out of here. 
Now you say, well, that doesn't sound very Sunday school nicious. Well, read the Old Testament. It's not. God is not fitting in your box, my box, or anybody else's box. Paul, the apostle, in speaking about the Gentiles, he's writing to the Romans, he, 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 places, he, he says it so eloquently and so right on it. It captures the whole idea of this. He says, the wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all the godlessness and the wickedness of people who suppress the truth by their wickedness. And, and wickedness is usually uh, equated with just blowing off God in rebellion. Since what was made, since what may be known about God is plain to them, okay, because he has made it plain to them. That's a recognition of creation. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power, his divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made so that the people are without excuse for although they knew God they neither glorified him as God nor gave thanks to him but their thinking became futile and foolish hearts were darkened if you want to if you want to know that the 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 fate of humanity you know why human beings start crazy stuff do crazy stuff and do evil things it's because they were never meant to live in separation from God and his wisdom, okay? Because if, if you follow that Yahweh, God, the Father, is the creator God of this world, then that will change your whole worldview as to how you understand this place. If this place is just an accident and it, you know, in the beginning was, you know, the cosmos. There was a big bang. We don't know where it came from. And then all of this just happened, you know, by natural selection and everything. Okay, fine. But where did that come from? This seems to be a very ordered place that is constantly mitigating against chaos in this world. God, okay, God himself is the one who has set the tone and the pace for this place. God speaks. His language is different from our own. He gives us clues and signals. He is mysterious in his creation that will draw us to him if we are looking. All right. Words. The words. A person's words reveal certain aspects, their speech reveals certain aspects, who they are, their mind, and their character, their intellect, doesn't it? It does. If you hear someone speaking like this, you're probably not going to say, oh, you're from Texas, I recognize that accent. You fool. No. You understand certain things just by a person's speech, right? Now, in God's case, he speaks, and when he speaks, he does something different. He creates, he makes declarations, and he makes changes. Now, there's a fancy term called anthropomorphism, okay? 
you, you can pay me later for that. It's about 25 cents a piece. Anyway, the anthropomorphism is simply a human action that is ascribed to God to help us understand his actions. So when it talks about, in Genesis chapter 1, God speaking, it is, it is a way for us to connect with what God is doing creatively. It says in, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and void and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep and the spirit of God was hovering over the water. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that the light was Psalm chapter 33, verse 6 says, By the word of the Lord, the heavens were made, their starry host by the breath of his mouth. From the mind and the wisdom of God, Proverbs chapter 3 says, By the wisdom of the Lord laid the earth's foundations. By understanding, he set the heavens in place. Uh, Proverbs 8 Verse 22, the Lord brought me forth. He's speaking here um, about wisdom being personified. The Lord brought me wisdom forth as the first of his works. Before his deeds of old, I was formed long ages ago at the very beginning when the world came to be. So what we're told in scriptures is this is that God spoke these things, he said these things into existence because they came from his character, his creativity, and his mind. And his creativity and his mind and his ability was presence in the creation of all of this. What that means is this place becomes somewhat of an expression of his own artwork. I used to sell art for many years and <clears throat> You get to know a lot about the artist by paying close attention to their art. You know? It, it, it comes out of their mind. From the, from the mind of Vincent van Gogh came some of the most brilliant colors. It also came with an ear missing. Tells you a little bit about what's going on with poor Vincent. But in God's world, he expresses himself and he is giving us language, his spoken language for his creation. God created the world and he said it was good, all of his creation. He created male and female and he said it was good. This was, we are an expression of God. And if we continually think that we are just separated, then we miss out and, and we must search for meaning in so many things. So many other avenues. Because we think that, well, I just came from my mom and dad and I was born in this town and so I was born in this environment and I had this family and blah, 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 blah. And you're left to make meaning out of your existence. But if we will listen to the words of God in his creation, then we find that we were meant to enjoy him and to see him, 
Because one of the big things we like to talk about is, well, if God's around, why can't he just show up every once in a while? On TV, maybe. Prior to TV, you just show up in the sky with a bunch of angels around you so that everybody knows it's God. And just talk to us. We would like that. But God is mysterious. You might say that he's somewhat sneaky. In that, I'm going to leave clues because I have set you in my creation as a part of it to enjoy it, but not only to enjoy it, but to know me. Well, how can I know God? How can I find God? You have to start looking. Because if you, re if you realize that he spoke this, and this comes from his mind, and it is his world, and we are a representation of, of his mind, then he can't be far away in every single direction. Proverbs chapter 8, verse 30 says, Then I was constantly at his side, once again personifying wisdom. I was filled with delight day after day, rejoicing always in his presence. This world is a result of the mind and character of our creator. And without this piece of the puzzle in your mind, you will search for meaning and you will search in all the wrong places. You've done it. You've experienced it. Okay, that's God's words. What about the word that we find in the New Testament? In the book of John, the writer of the book of John takes us back into the imagery and the, the tone of language that is used in the book of Genesis because he uses the term in the beginning. As we remember, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. In John chapter 1, verse 1, he says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning, and all things through were made. Through, uh, excuse me, through Him all things were made. Without Him nothing was made that has been made. In Him was life, and that life was the light of mankind. One of the things we find out in Scripture is that there is, in God's language, encoded not only in creation, but in history itself, in the way that he deals with humanity, the way that he specifically dealt with his people, chosen people set aside for his purposes for the whole world, that would be Israel. There are patterns that emerge, and these patterns that emerge are there by God to give us indication Give us clues, signals as to what he's doing, okay? Any of you people ever watch the, those murder shows, the investigators? Come on, tell the ladies, there's every woman in here, you all watch it. That may sound sexist, but it's 100% accurate. I can go into Carly's room any time and there's just, you know, <clears throat> well... It seemed by all indications it was a case of murder. <laughs> the investigators. We watched one recently, Cold-Blooded Alaska. I never knew it was so exciting out in Alaska. 
But the investigators are always looking for clues because they know that something has happened and if they look closely enough and they pay enough attention, something will be revealed. Now, humans naturally do that when it comes to murder, but what about to God, right? God leaves out clues for us, for you. And if you pay attention, you'll see patterns emerge, and his language of communication to human beings emerges also. He said, in the beginning was the Word. Now, in the beginning in the book of Genesis, we have God's Word speaking to humanity, God's Word creating, okay? But he uses a term here, logos, which means not only a single word, but it is a word that, has, that embodies ideas and it embodies thought. In fact, even the Greeks saw this word in connection with the predominant creative force within the universe. In the beginning, with God was his language and his intent and his nature. Okay? He is equating, the writer here is equating this with Jesus. He was with God and the word was God. And he was with God in the beginning, and through him all things were made. And remember in the beginning, God said, let there be light, and light came into the world. You see, there's, there's, there's this, once again, the pattern developing. God created. He, he made the world. It was wonderful and good. And he brought light into the world, but mankind failed. Mankind <laughs> had to be cleansed. But there was a promise all along that another one would come. No one but Adam and Eve had really ever seen God, except for maybe a few, some of the prophets. But he said that one would come. And so out of him, out of the expression of who he was, the same one said, looked into the darkness of the human experience not physical darkness, but the darkness that now existed in the human experience. And God gave his word, his expression, his language in a person. In a person. It's not that there were two different gods, but you understand that he became the perfect human expression so that human beings would know more about God. Jesus is a part of God's language. In verse 10, he says, he was in the world, and through the world, though the world was made through him, the world did not receive him. He came to that which was his own, but his known did not receive him. But get this in verse 14. The word became flesh. That idea, that expression, that intelligence, that wisdom of God became flesh and dwell among us. The word there for dwelling, finding himself dwelling among us is literally he tabernacled with us. You see the pattern? What's the pattern? Well, God met with Moses, but then he gave them plans to set up a tent of meeting where mankind would go in, a priest, and God would come down and they would meet in this tabernacle, in this tent, together. Okay? 
Eventually, it became a permanent place, a temple, where God would meet with humanity one in one place at his mercy seat. God communicated through that whole system, but then now says, I am going to dwell in a tent just like everybody else, and I'm going to be with you, and you, for the first time, will see my language clearly of who I am, what I look like, no miscommunication, this is me. Jesus is the full expression of God's language to humanity. You see, all of a sudden you feel like you've got some meaning because we are enveloped, folded into his story that he's writing in humanity. And we are a part of that in as much as we are willing to be a participant and seek after him and to know him. He speaks in Jesus to the flesh. And if we miss him, we miss everything. God has the ability to speak through his creation. Every bit of it, every molecule belongs to him. He does not have to hide anything. He can speak through his prophets in the Old Testament who spoke forth his words to the world. He gave us the Torah in the Old Testament, the law. He gave us the events and the stories of his people and working with his people in the Old Testament. And he also sent Jesus and he gave him to us and his mission for the whole world itself. He also, Jesus spoke of, and we're going to talk about this in weeks to come, gave us the Holy Spirit where he's able to speak and interact with our mind and our soul and our emotions. He was working in the early followers. Jesus said, whoever comes after me will have rivers, torrents of living water pouring out of them. Just the same way that he had life-giving love and reconciliation and redemption pouring out, his followers would do so also to go into this world and once again proclaim the message of God with the language of God. He's shown us this in our church history, and he, he does so continually in the lives of believers today. Because, look, if prayer is just boiled down to talking to God, we miss out on what is the most important thing in this world. That's why we need to learn his language. We need to learn his rhythms, his ways. And if we do, if we do this, we will begin to see God everywhere and in everything. I'm not trying to create... I'm going to move over here. I'm not trying to play down this idea of prayer. I want it to become more exciting to be revealed that as you were driving into church today, or maybe you walked... You look around and all the leaves have meaning. The sunshine has meaning. The dirt has meaning. The buildings around you have meaning. Not that you should just kind of drive yourself crazy. Is that you, God? Is that you? Did, did you peek out from the corner over there? And I'm not saying that you should start worshiping trees. 
What I'm saying is, is that the whole meaning and the idea behind prayer is to accept that we are living in his world. And as we're able to do that, we're able to see and hear. Because I told you God's sneaky. If you don't want to look for him and you don't want to find him, he'll let you. But if you begin to look for him, you're going to find him. If you start knocking on doors, he's going to answer. And he opens up to us the possibility of having a conversation with God that is not dependent upon your language, your spoken language. It is dependent upon the totality of God's creation of which you are a part. And he would love to reveal to each one of us each day just how beautiful that is. He speaks to us in our pain. He speaks to us, to us in our circumstances, our finances, our friends, the podcasts that we listen to, books, the bird on your car. I, I got to tell you, I had one of those kind of spiritual moments the other day. <clears throat> I was walking out to the car. The car was in the, in the church parking lot. And as I got closer, I kid you not, you're going to think I'm lying. But I'm not. A dove landed on top of the driver's side of the car. And I stopped. And I looked at it and I thought, boy, I wish I had a shotgun. No, I didn't say that. Uh, that's the old me, come on. But I thought for a minute, and I'd been thinking about all of this, and I looked at it and I thought, Lord, you sure are sneaky. Now, I would have been scared if a big owl had landed on the, <laughs> the front of the car, but I would still would have thought it was cool. But it's not like you have to make things up if you're just paying attention and listening. God wants to speak to you and to be a part of your life and you to be a part of his life. Listen, the question for all of us is this. Are you ready to join the conversation? Have you already enjoyed the, converse, enjoyed the conversation and joined it and been a part of it? Are you looking and listening for him? Because he is speaking. If we have these expectations within our own limitations of our own minds of how God should be speaking to us, what we're going to do is sit around and go, God doesn't speak into me. God doesn't talk to me. Yeah, because you have a pea brain and you think that he can only do it this way. And you're not looking for him. You're looking for your answer. Okay? It, it, I brought this up before, but I have to bring it up again because it just drives me crazy. We seem to think that we know what perfection is, don't we? We know what's perfect. How would you know? You're not perfect. How do you know what's perfect? Well, I do. Yeah, it's something unattainable that I can't do. Your definition is probably bad. Should be abandoned. What should be embraced is this God who's got a language that he can speak to anybody 
and to everybody at any time. And who knows that he's been speaking, but you're just not listening. In the era of wireless headphones, how many people have you personally come in contact with that you thought you were having a conversation only to find out, you know, they finally see you and go, huh? I've been talking to you for 30 minutes. Hate that. You should have those big headphones on, like hubcaps. My favorite Martian hubcap, you know. So we know. Listen, you may be listening to other things, but God's, God's talking. Jesus is talking. He says, ask and it will be given. Seek and you'll find. Knock and the door will be open. For everyone who asks receives and the one who seeks finds and the one who knocks, the door will be opened. It just depends on what you're looking for. If you're looking for God, you'll find him. If you're looking for Jesus, you'll find him. If you're looking for answers, he'll give them to you. If what I've said today sounds good, you know why it is? Because it's good. This is the good stuff. I know it is. He is the Word. I want your prayer life to change. I want mine to. That we stop getting freaked out by all of the circumstances that we see. I know many of you have high anxiety right now. A lot of fear in our nation. With good reason. But if you take God, God out of that equation, what's going to happen? More fear. More confusion. If you place him in that equation, this is what I find, and this, this may sound really terrible, and, but I'm going to say it. When the coronavirus hit, I thought, oh boy. And, you know, I was talking to some pastor friends and we we're trying to figure out how evil the devil was. But then when I looked at the response of the world, I can't help but think in the back of my mind, hey God, what are you doing? What are you telling us? Are we off track? What are you doing in this world? If God is your genie, he would never do something like that. Right? Rub your Bible. Say your prayer. Bless me. But what is God saying and what is God doing? And if we place him in the equation there, it doesn't seem so lost and empty and crazy. It seems more intriguing and we, like the investigators, start looking for clues. That's the, that's the world we live in. And if we pray in that world, we can pray in faith. Trusting that all of it fits within the structure of God's own authority and responsibilities. Not yours, not mine. Not a politician. But God, that's why 
We've titled this God Speak because we want him to speak and we want to listen. Father, thank you for this morning. Thank you that you've given us so much. But Lord, we pray that you would expand our minds and our, our view of the world to, to be more curious as to your activity, to be more concerned with what you're doing in this world than just the current circumstances we find ourselves. You are awesome and wonderful, and you are deserving of all glory, honor, and praise. Lord, help us to get there, to stay there, to be there, to grow in that place. We pray, Lord, that we would be able to give hope to those around us as we learn to live in that hope. In Jesus' name, amen. This concludes today's message. We thank you so much for listening. We'd love for you to connect with us. You can do that at our website, nccabq.org. From there, you can submit any questions, feedback, and your prayer requests. nccabq.org is also where you can learn more about New Covenant Church. Subscribe to our podcast and newsletters, browse our online message archive, and even tune in and watch the stream of each weekly message. We hope you'll join us. So, until next time, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May God smile on you and gift you. May God look you full in the face and make you prosper. Have a great week.